Hi everyone, this is Danny. And this is Sharissa, ready to bring you Looking Up. Starting right after this song. To looking up with Danny, Sharissa, and Magenta. Hey man, we've got a new <laughs> friend. How exciting! So exciting! It's very exciting. We, we miss Shell, but I but Magenta's holding the fort here. She is wonderful. She's <laughs> wonderful. She's um, she gave me a warm welcome. She and, did. Um, yes, and and she's just lovely. So thank you so much for joining us. Amen. Well, how are you, Pastor Danny? I'm praising the Lord on this beautiful, sunny, delicious day. It's just absolutely amazing out there. And 
yeah, it's it's just a great day. Christmas is just around the corner. I'm mm-hmm. about to go on holiday soon. So <laughs> I'm praising the Lord even more than before. Amen. We've got lots to praise him for Absolutely. Uh, today in, in today's program. And yeah. And how are you? I'm I'm well. You're well. Last week was a very busy week. Yeah, we uh, weren't here we last weren't week. We weren't here last week. Yeah, it was, it was hectic for me too. It was yeah, huge. Yeah, and uh, so I spent a day or two recovering and I'm starting to be back recharged, ready mm. to go back at life again. Praise <laughs> the Lord. How did the program go, the Empower uh, Training Program? It went really well. Um, it empowered us even though it physically drained us. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was really, really good and feel all inspired to, yeah, share. Yeah. Share with others what God is doing and what God has done. So yeah, praise very the exciting. Lord, praise the Lord. Well, I had the opportunity of engaging with some of the some of the participants, and they they were very enthusiastic. And very good. Um, there was even door knocking and giving away literature with the what were they called the, um, the youth rush? The youth rush, youth yes, rush, yeah. yes, the youth rush. So. Some of our listeners may actually have some of them knock on their doors. Yeah, the that was super Newcastle. spreaders. That was super spreaders spreading <laughs> the, the gospel. For the very good spreading. For the gospel. <laughs> no, they're not part of that Newcastle nightclub. Oh, in got case a lot of things to talk about. Oh, absolutely. Today. So anyway. Yeah, so, well, I guess we can just um, take a moment or two to remind you all of what happens here on the Looking Up show. If you want to go back and look at previous episodes, you can do so by visiting the Faith FM website and all of the past episodes are there as podcasts. You just click on the Looking Up show and you can, you know, listen to your heart's content. Especially now over Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if we go into lockdown again. That's That's all you can do. Just go from one episode. You can binge on the Looking Up show. That's right. That's right. So um, please make the most of that. Actually, I always encourage people, get the app. Get the app, yeah. Because um, then even in bad service areas, you have coverage. Also, if you want to connect with us here in the studio, you can call or text us at any time on 0491 We would love to hear from you. Amen. We're Amen. going to a song break now, Away in a Manger. It's that time of year. Mm. And uh, when we come back, wow, have we got some stuff to oh, unpack have mercy. News. It's going to be uh, signs huge. Signs of the times. Huge, Stay tuned, huge, everybody. huge. Enjoy this song and may God bless you. Let's go. 
Great to have you back with us, yes. and um, I'm sure you didn't go away anywhere, neither did we, and <laughs> here we are, and um, it's that time at the beginning of our program where we take a look at current world events um, mm-hmm. in the light of Bible prophecy, and although it's coming up to that time of year, we're just over a week out from Christmas Day itself, the news headlines from a prophetic perspective have not slowed down. They haven't. They if anything, have I feel like it's picking up. I know, I know. And so <laughs> it I'm, never I'm, takes a rest. <laughs> I'm wondering whether there's going to be any respite over the Christmas break or not. Um, but yeah, things things seem to be just ramping up again. It's almost as if we go into a little bit of a lull, mm-hmm. um, and then all of a sudden things pick up again. Yeah. So, um, all right, I'm going to hand over to you, Sharissa. What have you got uh, on that's that's well, making Things, well, things yeah. that caught my attention yeah. in the news this week uh, was first thing basically connected to what we were talking about last week. You, you've been talking about, you know, when they shall say peace and safety. The Bible mm. says that. Yeah, First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 3, Okay, in first, connection with the second coming. Yeah, it says, when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them. Like labor pains upon a pregnant woman. Which and Jesus talks about the labor pains being Matthew, signs of exactly, times. Exactly, exactly. Um, that would signal his soon return. Exactly. And it caught my attention when I had friends posting on Facebook, and this is what it said. It said, UN sculpture looks a lot like the end times beast referred to in Daniel 7 and Revelation 13. And if you look at it, it's a photo of a jaguar. Well, it's a sculpture of a a jaguar. It's got Mexican um, patterns all over it because I think it was donated or installed by someone from Mexico. But, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, yeah, and he's got wings. Wings. How many wings? Two wings? Just two wings. Two wings. And it looks... does look incredibly apocalyptic. Now, I, I did a Google search on this, and Snopes wanted to stop mm. us from jumping to any conclusions. Yes, yes. And uh, this is Snopes' uh, assessment. It says, yes, an image in, you know, December 2021 was, you know, showing a statue. Um, you know, it was a statue that's been installed there. But we need to make sh- make note that this is not the beast of... Um, Revelation. Of yeah, of Revelation or First Thessalonians, it says, Firstly, the statue was created to depict, quote, a guardian of peace and security. Mm, that sounds awfully familiar. Snope says, not an apocalyptic monster. No, even no, Even though it no, looks like one. No, no. <laughs> and secondly, the beast in the biblical passage is referring to, refers to a lion, not a jaguar, um, as, you know, thought to represent a kingdom. So in other words, not all winged lions are harbingers of doom. Uh, it was interesting still. I think, I think I find it just fascinating that that's the chosen emblem for peace and safety right there. It is interesting. It's very, very interesting because, um, like someone shared that with me last night. Um, on our Q&A on this Revelation of Hope series that I've been running and I hadn't heard of it and apparently it's just come out a few days ago. But anyway, what struck me, and I haven't looked into it, was, yeah, this this beast, this composite beast by the look of it, uh, sort of half leopard, half jaguar, half whatever, um, it has, yeah, it has those two wings and there is only one animal in Daniel chapter 7 that has two wings and that's that. That, that that represents um, Babylon, which is a lion that has two wings, right. and so we've got we've got Babylon, which is significant because Babylon has its origins there at the Tower of Babel, yeah. which is in opposition to God and His Word and rebellion. That's what Babylon represents: rebellion. Yes. We've got then 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 you you fast forward to King Nebuchadnezzar and Babylon once again. 
persecuting God's people in rep in you know in rebellion to God, setting up false worship, prohibiting true worship, and so on, mm-hmm. and so forth. And um, and then you have Babylon in the New Testament, as far as Rome, mm-hmm. ancient pagan Rome was referred to as Babylon by Peter. Right. In 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 First Peter or Second Peter, one of those one of those gosp- uh, one of those books from Peter, and then obviously in Revelation you've got Babylon as well, and so and in Isaiah chapter fourteen, I think it's verse four, the ultimate king of Babylon is Satan himself, mm. is Satan himself. So this symbol, which is so close to the Babylon of Daniel seven. seven it's it's the perfect image for end time Babylon, and it's end time Babylon that brings the world under its power and under its control. And Satan uses end time Babylon for that final worship war. So that's why the Bible says in Revelation eighteen verse four, "Come out of Babylon, come out of her." That is, come out of Babylon, that's my right. people, yes. lest you receive of her sins. Uh, uh, lest you share in her sins and receive of her plagues. So this is so fitting into end-time Bible prophecy. they may not have made it with that intention. No, they may not have, but that's what... Just uncanny. Yeah, it's just incredibly... There's all these coincidences today. Yeah. And, um, (laughs) yeah, so the United Nations, I mean, if you just Google the United Nations, their their mission statement is peace and safety. Peace yep. and security, peace and safety, and I mean it has, you know, it has the what do you call it, um, the olive branch, you know, encircling the world, That's and right. the olive branch is a symbol of peace. And so the true guardian for peace and safety is not a, a sculpture, no. or not the UN. It it's is, the Prince of Peace. That's right. Only God can give us His perfect Absolutely. peace. The peace the world cannot give. Exactly. And true safety and security is found. Absolutely. In and I love what Jesus said. You know. Um, you know, in the world you will have trials and tribulations, but be of good cheer. I have overcome, overcome it. In the world, in in me, you will have peace. Amen. And the peace that I give you is not of the world. Mm. It's a it's a peace that passes all understanding. So yes, we all need peace. We're all seeking peace, but it's not the one that you're going to find in that sculpture or anywhere mm-hmm. in this world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great point. All right, anything else? Oh. Anything else? Yeah, you want to go to your one, and then I'll. Oh, this was fascinating. I mean, um, it's interesting that. Yeah, we've talked about, you know, the Roman papacy being used at the end of time in particular. I mean, all the way for the last, you know, uh, you know, almost two millennia, you know, when it received its power in 538 AD um, at the beginning of that 1260 year period, it would have a... It would have um, a deadly wound inflicted upon it, which was in 1798, but then it would rise again. It would have a miraculous mm-hmm. resurrection. It's interesting. Pope Francis, who we've talked about, he is definitely flavor of the month mm-hmm. um, in, in any which way. And this was a very interesting headline that just came out this week. And he was, um, he was on a trip coming back home, I think, from Greece or Cyprus or somewhere there. Pope Francis, here's the headline. Pope Francis says, sins of the flesh aren't that serious. So what he was saying was that, um, you know, sins of um, immorality. Um, Mine here says, uh, Pope Francis says, extramarital sex sins aren't that yeah, serious. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he says, um, you know, they're not serious, you know, regarding sex outside of marriage. And um, so, you know, he's saying that there are far more important things for us to focus on, like pride. And, and that's true. You know, the, the great sins um, are pride, selfishness, 
arrogance, you know, the sins of the spirit, and so to speak. they lead to those other they sins. They lead to the other sins. But to say that this is not a big deal, I was watching one, uh, one commentator um, on one of our news channels was saying, oh, I wish he had said that earlier. I got, you know, he's a, like a, a yeah. nominal Catholic. I wish he had given that information earlier. It would have made my life a whole heap easier at home. Mm. I wouldn't have had to go and confess to the priest. Mm. You know, so, so it's interesting that the Pope feels that he has the right to determine what is serious sin and what is not serious sin. According to Scripture, all sin is lawlessness. It's breaking God's law, and every sin is serious. That's right. Even one sin cherished, no matter what it is, will will keep us out of God's kingdom because sin is cancer. And how much cancer is good for you, Sharissa? None. Zero. Zero cancer is good for you. So zero sin is good for us. So Pope Francis, with all due respect, um, he's, he's well and truly off. All but, sin is serious. Yeah, but what he's trying to do is he's trying to accommodate to those who feel that the church um, is too strict and harsh and it doesn't make room for people who want to live their lives outside of the confines of, of what the church, you know, says is is right and holy mm-hmm. and so forth. So, you know, you can... You know, you can have communion if you're living with someone that's not a problem, if you believe in abortion and you're the president of the United States, that's okay as well. Yes. And, you know, he's very accommodating, seeking to be all things to all people to win as many as possible. Yeah, and we can only hope and pray that people will take God's word, um, will follow God's word as their rule of life because, you know, we can let words of other people give us peace in areas that we shouldn't let that happen, but we should find our peace in Christ. Amen. We talked about that before as well. Amen. Um, I've got another one here. Go for it. This was fascinating. December 8th, the United Arab Emirates has announced a big change in its work schedule. The Gulf nation has transitioned to a 4.5 day work week and now allows weekends to consist of Friday afternoon. Saturday and Sunday. Mm, for the first time. For the first time. Uh, it's very significant because it's the first nation to formalize a work week shorter than five days, and it also brings the country more in line with Western schedules. Um, up until now, the U- UAE has had a Friday-Saturday weekend, uh, which is standard in, in Muslim countries. That's so, right. That's right. You know, you know, as far as end time significance <laughs> oh, goes, huge. people are wondering maybe how would the whole world follow and mm. wonder after the beasts, you know, if, if the mark of the beast mm. um, is the first day of, of the week being set aside as, as the world day. Which is a sign of their authority, That's they right. claim. That's right. Um, yeah, to have this happen, it's pretty big. And you can expect others, other well, nations to oh, follow. Absolutely. Well, look, Pope Francis in particular, he's been very busy in engaging with the Muslim world. Well, with, you know, with the Hindu world, with the Buddhist world, you know, we talked about that with that climate change um a document that was signed by all those world leaders, 80% plus of the world's population was incorporated in that signage from those world leaders. And so we've got Pope Francis is looking to build bridges whichever way he can um, with, with all the nations of the world. And that's why it says in Revelation very clearly, you know, all the nations mm. drank mm-hmm. of the wine of the wrath of a fornication, speaking of Babylon and, you know, Satan Users, sadly, you know, the reality is even though it's not about people, it's about a system, but Satan at the end of time will use the Roman papacy as his, as his lead in to, to bring the whole world together to the point where they will give him 
honor and worship which he has always wanted and always sought and that's the final issue so mm. that's why these these things are all coming together so yeah um yeah that's why pope francis is leading the charge in all these different areas that are significant like climate change and um you know you know um relations with the other world religions you know uh, peace and safety he's he's leading the way he totally according is. to scripture that's how it has to happen yes absolutely um is there anything else you wanted to add to the list here well i think it's interesting um you know how 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 in europe now they have this a uh, huge outbreak um this covid outbreak which they did have they've already had for a little while because they're moving into their winter time so that's like uh, a time when you know covid really expands um you know in in a significant way and now they've got omicron as well to deal with as as we all do but it's mm. interesting some of the mandates that are coming through there and I was listening to uh a UK uh news uh news show and they were just discussing it and they were sharing how only maybe 5 6 months ago they were discussing a covid passport and they said, there's no way we will have a COVID passport in the UK. I mean, it's, it's un-British. It's unthinkable was to use the words mm-hmm. of these guys. They were saying it's unthinkable. And now I think it's Scotland and Wales already have one. And, um, and England is considering, um, a passport. And so they're saying the unthinkable is now happening in the space of a few months. And that just helped me to realize that what the Bible says when it comes to end-time prophecy and that final worship conflict, which we've just raised regarding the first day of the week that will be set aside worldwide as a day of family, peace, the environment, you know, who knows what else, that the unthinkable where our religious freedoms that we take for granted um, will actually happen. They'll be taken away mm. and um, and the unthinkable will actually take place. And that was just a good, good illustration to me that, hey, you know, it's not that far-fetched. No, not at all. Well, thank you so much for sharing, Pastor and, Danny. And there's so much more but for another day. Yep. <laughs> Can you believe it? We're up to a song break again. And it's one of my favorite songs, Angels We Have Heard on High by Josh Groban and Brian McKnight. Enjoy, everyone, and we'll be back. Angels we have heard on high, sweetly singing o'er the plains and the mountains in reply. Echoing their joyous strains Gloria In excelsis Deo Gloria In excelsis Oh, oh, oh. 
Hey there, dudes and dudettes. This is Robbie. And I'm Tash from Real Faith. If you'd like to have a more vibrant walk with God, then come join us from 3.30 to 5.30 every Thursday hour to hear fresh stories of God working in real people's lives. Digging deep into the scriptures and having a fun time. We'll We'll see see you there. there. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. everyone you're listening to a repeat of our live show looking up that's right and if you think this is good you'll definitely want to tune in on wednesdays at 3 30 to join us for the live event because you can actually participate it's a free giveaway that you can claim you can text in your questions and prayer requests live is so much more fun so catch you then looking up to you
You're listening to Looking Up on this Wednesday afternoon, a week and a few days out from Christmas, and I hope and pray you are being blessed. It's a beautiful, sunny day here in Newcastle where we are airing this program from. So wherever you are, we are pray we pray that you're having a, a blessed time, a peaceful time in this time of the year that's designed to help us focus on the Prince of Peace. Amen. That baby that came, that not only divided history into two, not only do we have B.C., A.D. as a result of this baby, this baby being Jesus Christ, but without this baby we would have no hope. Mm, absolutely. We're going to talk more about that. We are going to talk about that. Oh, That's our today. study and our subject for today that Sharice is going to lead us with. And um, we are joined, just in case you've joined us in the last little bit, we have our producer today extraordinaire. <laughs> Magenta. Magenta. <laughs> she is um, she is uh, an individual who represented um, her nation in the Olympics. No, she didn't. Um, no, she didn't. She <laughs> she looks very sporty. Do you like sport? You look very sporty. What sports do you like? Basketball. Basketball. Oh, wow. So there you go. She just looks sporty, doesn't she? She does. Fantastic. So <laughs> she's our she's our driver today. She sure is. Praise the Lord for that. Now, before we get into our study, a um, couple of things we probably just need to make a note of. Today's a, a pretty significant day. Very significant day, the 15th of December. For those who are... Happy birthday, the- Blair. Yeah. Blair's birthday. Oh, today. is it? Is yeah. it? And and it's my um my cousin's husband's birthday today as well. Happy Nick. birthday to Nick. Yeah, he's down in Melbourne. It's good. So um But it's also Freedom Day. Freedom Day again. <laughs> it was Freedom Day like two months ago, but that's that was for the vaccinated. Yes. Um so the unvaccinated today have freedom. Yes. They can go and get a haircut finally. That's right. Wow. Not only that, but the, the cases are, uh, there was a super spreader event. <gasps> Who were the super spreaders this time? Well, there was a nightclub and it was last week, so I'm guessing it was vaccinated people. But yeah, rather amazing how quickly that super yeah. spreader, you know, took off. I know. It, do, it doesn't doesn't take long. Apparently, well, yeah, they were, uh, there was an article headline, um, the young, the vaccinated, and what was the third thing? The healthy, uh, the healthy, the healthy, the healthy young vaccine. Yeah, they're the ones that are responsible. Because they're the ones out and about. Exactly right, and um, you know, obviously in the nightclub, you know, people get pretty close to one another, and um, mm. and that's just like the perfect recipe. Mm. And so, yeah, I, I heard an article. Um, well, heard an article. I read an article that suggested that this particular super spreader in Newcastle could literally be the the largest super spreader on the planet. Really? The largest super For spreader. Potentially, potentially. Yeah, potentially it could end up being the largest super spreader oh, wow. as far as super that's spreaders are big. concerned. As far as super spreaders are concerned. Wow, you'd think there'd be much bigger ones than that. Right? Absolutely. But I, I'm hoping and praying we'll be super spreaders of the good news of the gospel Absolutely. at this time that's of year. That's what we so, want to do on so, this program. That's right. We want to be gospel. Exactly. We want to be super spreaders of the good news of Jesus Christ. So, I hope and pray you're all keen to be super spreaders of that and to share the good news that Jesus is coming soon because, um, you know, every time I ask myself what's what's happening in the world, where's it all going? And, Sharissa, if I have to make a prediction for next year. Yeah, you did allude to this. Yes. Right? If now, I, what's your prediction? My prediction. I don't know if we want to hear it. <laughs> um, you may not want to hear it. So, folk, um, those who don't want to hear my prediction for 2022, this is a time just to just to – 
wind down your radio um, for, for just a moment. <laughs> but my prediction is, based on what I'm seeing currently, the prophetic developments seem to be heating up even more. And I believe that next year, it may not be more significant as far as um, lockdowns are concerned. However, prophetically, I believe it will be more significant than even this year. As in, I believe there will be prophetic developments next year that will show us clearly that we are heading to that final end time crisis, that final showdown. So I just see, I just see so many things are set up with, um, you know, with, with the mandates, with the climate change, um, agenda. That we have now on the table, and so I just see, I just see this world ripe, and it's being set up. So, twenty twenty two, I believe, is going to be huge when it comes to those prophetic final events, which will be rapid ones, according to what we've been told in scripture and through that powerful book, The Great Controversy, you know, that everyone needs to read. Yeah, there's only one reason I really hope you're right about this. <laughs> the only reason I hope you're right is because it means Jesus is coming very soon. Absolutely. This world is not our final home. Absolutely. So that's, that's why I'm sharing it. That's why I'm sharing it for no other reason. Amen. Well, um, we have a free offer, I guess. We do indeed. We've got a free offer today, and um, it's called The Wise Men, mm. that first Christmas. So... Um, it's a great book, and it's uh, going to be a gift to how many people? Well, I think we have maybe uh, two copies we can give two away. Two copies so we can give away. Okay, so that could be maybe the first and the third. Why not? First and the third caller when we give the code word. So there will be a right. code word today once again. So the book, The Wise Man, and, um, yeah, The First Christmas. So you're going to really, really enjoy that. I'll, I'll give a few more details later on. Sure. All right, so that's that. All right, well, shall we get into the Bible study? Indeed, indeed. Our talk? All right. Would you like to open with prayer? Absolutely. Father in heaven, we thank you again for the opportunity to open your word. And Father, in these in these uncertain, crazy, tumultuous times, Lord, that we live in, thank you, Lord, for the sure word of prophecy that we're going to dig into today. We pray mm-hmm. that as we open your word, You'll open our hearts and our minds that we may be willing and able to receive that which you have for us to warm our hearts, to give us hope, and to point us to Jesus, um, who we believe is coming very soon. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, I, um, you know, today I thought we'd talk about some of the reasons why we believe the birth of Jesus was just no ordinary birth. Mm, amen. Um, why we believe that Jesus fulfills prophecy and those prophecies pinpoint him as none other than the Messiah, the Savior of the world. And, uh, what a, what better time of year to do it than at Christmas time when most people start thinking about going to church. They may not go any other time, but they'll go at Christmas mm. time. And the shopping centers start playing Christmas carols. They do. Uh, songs about Jesus, which is uh, a wonderful opportunity for us to talk about these things. Uh, so, yeah, I guess we need to think then what makes Jesus so special. And I've got a little quote here, and it's actually from your favorite magazine. Oh, Time magazine? Yeah. Wow. Time. Here is a, from a man named R. Price. He said, The single most powerful figure, not merely in these two millenniums, but in all human history, has been Jesus of Nazareth. Wow. He's more influential than Donald Trump. Indeed. Oh, <laughs> hands down, hands down. Uh, more influential than Plato, Buddha, Confucius, um, you know, even Obama has on Twitter, I think, 126.8 million followers. 
Jesus has been followed by over 2.1 billion people around the world and over history even more than that. Oh, yes. So he has far more influential. Um, but he also made a lot of claims that no one else made. Mm. Things like he claimed to be God. That's right. Um, and so we need to really test his claims. Was Jesus who he claimed to be? And uh, this is an interesting fact. I found that Josephus, he was actually born six years after the crucifixion of Jesus and mm-hmm. he wrote about him. And Herodotus also spoke of Jesus. So we have more eyewitness accounts um, for attesting to the evidence that Jesus existed than we have for Julius Caesar. Wow. And everyone everyone just believes that to be fact, that Julius Caesar existed. Yeah, I actually have a friend who believes he's related, like he's gone back and can prove it in a family. And he's related to Julius Caesar. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, wow. Whether or not that's true, but, you know, this friend How is, do you even work that out, like 2,000 years? How do you track that down? He's one of those people. People who just knows a lot of things. Okay, well, good anyway, on so the question that we can begin with is: Was Jesus really God? That's the big one, isn't it? Yeah, that's a big because if we can answer in the affirmative to that, if Jesus was indeed God, well, then that that places him on a very different level to any any other religious leader that has ever existed on planet Earth. Absolutely. And um, I guess to do that today, I thought we could go through some of the prophecies mm-hmm. um, in the Bible because the Bible is a very unique book, isn't it? Yeah. Like, There's nothing like it. Yeah. It's not like reading Shakespeare. No, no. It's not like reading Time magazine even. It's not like Definitely. reading the newspaper or <laughs> any articles. It, it's different. And what makes it so unique? Well, you've got you've got this book that was written by some 40 different authors um, on three different continents. Um, over the span of some 1,600 years, mm-hmm. 66 books of the Bible, and they all are in harmony with one another. Mm-hmm. So whatever subject um, you find in the Bible, you're going to discover that it every author is in harmony. Um, and so, right. so that is unique. We do not it have is. any other document on the planet that was written by you know so many authors and of different um, backgrounds. Yes, fishermen, uh, fishermen, exactly. Tax collectors, shepherds, shepherds, kings, kings, um, priests. Uh, you've got um, yeah. So so it's an incredible document. And the thing is, the scriptures make prophecies, many prophecies. The Bible. Someone's estimated that one third of the Bible is prophecy and prediction. So that's an enormous amount of prophecy and prediction. So it's not one or two or twenty or fifty or even a hundred or two hundred different prophecies. There's just prophecy after prophecy. So you know that enables us to 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 do a fact check and to say, hey, you know, is this is this true? Has this come to pass? And um, and so if the answer is yes well then there is then there is something very um divine about mm. this book that cannot be said for any other any other religious um document yeah. that we have today i think you've made a really good point right there and i also like how you know, you talk about these 40 different authors writing from spread out over 60 generations worth of authors here mm. writing this text, but you said that none of them disagree with each other. No, they don't. Like if we pick up a newspaper today and we've oh, got an opinion piece oh, here that disagrees with a, you know, an article yeah. there, like nothing makes, like it's just a, you know, a smorgasbord of it opinions. Is. 
But the Bible's different, yeah. and it's like you said, it's it's pervaded by this consistency, which which lends us to think that this is no ordinary book; no. it's divine. No. So, if I could just add, the reason why they are all in sync with one another mm-hmm. over that span of time is because the Bible says um, in Second Peter chapter one, verses nineteen to twenty-one, that Scripture is not of private interpretation, okay. but holy men of God spoke as they were led. By the Holy Spirit, so the Holy Spirit is the is the chief um, contributor, or not contributor. That's not the right. Uh, the Holy Spirit is is the chief chief author right. of the Scriptures, and so that is why you've got that harmony mm-hmm. from Genesis all the way to Revelation, because it's the Holy Spirit that was directing traffic all the way through and leading and guiding each and every person who wrote. In the scriptures, wow! So that's why you have that harmony because it's the Holy Spirit that's the overall, um, I guess, yeah, superintendent. Yes, and you know what's interesting is, um, you know, we we alluded to this a minute ago, but the Bible is filled in the Old Testament, particularly with prophecies mm. about the Messiah who would come. Yeah, um, and the reason why the Bible writers did this, why God, the Holy Spirit, inspired them to do this, so that was so that when He came. People would know this is him. Yeah. So yeah, and I guess at this point, some of our listeners might be thinking, "Well, hang on a minute, guys. You know, um, how do we know that the Bible wasn't just made up, like to fabricate? You know, how how do we know that? You know, okay, prophecy was made here, and then it's fulfilled. Fulfillment was fabricated in the New Testament, and that's a really good question um, that I hope you are asking because it certainly crossed my mind when I thought about it too. But I just remind all of our listeners, we actually have five thousand six hundred manuscripts over five thousand. 600 manuscripts for all or part of the Greek New Testament on display in museums and libraries across around the world. Yeah. Some of these manuscripts date back to the second century. We have 10,000 Latin manuscripts, 9,300 roughly early manuscripts which exist, and the closest book in the human race that comes close to this kind of manuscript uh, you know, mm. evidence is Homer's Iliad, which only has about 643 wow. partial manuscripts wow. for it. So actually we can be more certain about what's in the Bible than we can be about the original text of Shakespeare's plays. There are so many manuscripts Mm. to verify that, you know, this wasn't just a piece here. We we haven't seen it here and here and here and here and thousands of them. So I guess as we close up, um, you know, maybe we could just comment on what the word Messiah means. Mm. The anointed one. The anointed one. Uh, A lot of people think that um, Christ was Jesus' last name, (laughs) but it's not. Christ, or the Greek word Christos, means anointed. And it's used in the Bible 530 times. And there, Messiah means anointed one too. We're going to pick this That's theme the Hebrew, up. That's the Hebrew, the yes. Hebrew. Yeah. We're going to pick this theme up when we come back. Absolutely. So sit back and listen to BJ Thomas share, It Came Upon a Midnight Clear. Hope you enjoy it. It came.
You're listening to Looking Up with Sharissa, Danny, and our producer for today, Megantha. She's doing a fantastic job. She did is. I, did I kind of pronounce that okay, Megantha? Okay, <laughs> I'm kind of there. She's our superstar extraordinaire basketball player. <laughs> She's just got an amazing physique for that, and I'm sure she does an amazing slam dunk. No. <laughs> do you know of any women that do slam dunks? I've never seen a woman do a slam dunk. Magantha, have you? Are, are there any? I probably need to go to YouTube to see it because you don't often see women doing slam dunks, do you? Where they're hovering in the air, like from the from the edge of the key, like doing a Michael Jordan. I haven't seen too many like that. No. So um, anyway, we are we are looking at we are looking at the prophecies concerning Jesus um, mm-hmm. today. We're looking at the prophecies. Uh, that clearly identify Jesus Christ as the Messiah, as mm-hmm. the Christ, um, the one that is divine, the one that alone can provide eternal life. So this is a very important study. And so, Sharissa, continue to lead us on. Yes, I will. Oh, we have the wise men book um, for the first and the third caller, the wise men that first Christmas. And um, you can... Call us maybe in the next. When are we going to do it? Next segment. Next segment. Next segment. We're going to give you the code word. Yes. So sit back, and the next segment we're going to give you the code word. And so the first and the third caller that come through, you will have the opportunity to take out this book, the Wise Man, the first Christmas, or the Wise Men, I should say, the first that first Christmas. Thank you. Sounds Off you good. go, Sharissa. Well, yeah, before the break, we were just talking about, you know, how the word Messiah is the Hebrew equivalent for Christ, which means in the Christ or Christos in Greek means anointed one. So what did it mean to be the Messiah? Well, it was interesting if we look at the Gospels, we see that the followers of Jesus Christ were understandably very crushed after the crucifixion mm. of Jesus. They hoped that Jesus would be the Messiah. But their idea of that was that Jesus would rid them from Roman rule, restore the kingdom of Israel. They were looking for a Messiah who would fix all their earthly problems. But uh, that wasn't the idea that God had. And this is why after his resurrection, there's a very fascinating passage in Luke chapter 24, um, verses 25 and 27. Have you got? Would yes, you like I to do. Read that I had us? a feeling you were heading in that direction, so I turned to it. It, this is what it says in Luke 24, verse 25 and 27, or to 27? Um, and 27. Okay. Then he said to them, O foolish ones and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Aha. So for Jesus, his death and resurrection from the dead actually wasn't that confusing. It made perfect sense mm. in the in in relation to prophecy. Yeah. He saw everything that had happened to him as a fulfillment of prophecy and uh because of this, because of this, this was the only way that his followers could also appreciate it too. Now, um, we need to look at these prophecies for ourselves, and now we're just going to look at some of them more specifically. As I understand it from what I could find, and maybe uh, hopefully you found similarly, there are about 61 major prophecies. Mm, about that. Yep, which yeah. contain maybe 300, I've got here in my notes, about 330 details. That's right. Concerning the life of the Messiah concerning yeah. everything about him. And these So these are Old Testament prophecies. Yes, Old like Testament. written minimum four to five hundred years before the event. Correct. Because the book of Malachi is the last book of the Old Testament. That was written somewhere around the four hundred 
year mark before Christ. Okay, so somewhere there. We're talking prophecies written centuries before. Yeah, centuries. Four hundred years, you said. Yeah, minimum. Minimum. Wow. Okay, so first things first. The Old Testament tell, told us in Genesis chapter three, verse fifteen. Mm-hmm. Um, That's the first prophecy. Yeah. Concerning the Messiah, yes. And it told us that the Messiah would come as a human being. Mm, that's right. Um, do you want to read that one? Sure, sure, sure. So this is Genesis chapter 3 mm-hmm. and verse 15. This is the promise that God made to Adam and Eve um, immediately prior to them having to be evicted out of the Garden of Eden. So this is what he said. He says, and I will put enmity between you and the woman. Actually, God is speaking to the serpent in this passage, you know, Satan, the serpent. He says, I'll put enmity between you, Satan, and the woman, that Mm -hmm. is, um, you know, the Eve and her descendants, and between your seed and her seed, capital S, that being Jesus Christ. He shall bruise your head, so that is Christ, the capital seed, will bruise your head, Satan, serpent, and you shall bruise his heel. Mm. And this happened at a place called Calvary, which is also named as the skull. Yeah, the place of the, the skull. The place of the skull. So when the cross was planted in that place, yeah. it was like that, the skull was crushed. That's right. The skull, was that was Satan's death knell. He will bruise your head. Wow. Yeah. That's wow. amazing. It is. It is. It's incredible. So the Bible foretold yeah. right from book number one. Yeah. This, this is this is the crucifixion of Jesus the right here. The crucifixion of Jesus and that he would be a, a, a human being. Like That's he'd right. Be born. Because, yeah, he would be born from the woman um, yes. and uh, from her seed he would be born and he would become the capital seed, mm. Jesus Christ. So not the small seed, That's S right. seed, the capital. So this is Jesus Christ, and he's called the Son of God and the Son of Man. He is. And I'll just read here um, Galatians 4, four the New Testament confirming everything you just said. The Bible says, but when the fullness of time, Galatians 4 verse 4, when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman. Mm, there you so go. So prophecy? Fulfillment, Jesus came, 100% God, 100% man, God in the garb of humanity. And that's why we call it sort of the immaculate conception because uh, Jesus Christ was conceived through the Holy Spirit. Yes. There was no human um, you know, conception. It was because she was a virgin. Mary was that's a right. virgin, as we all know. And, um, yeah, so she conceived through the Holy Spirit. It would be that Holy One of God, as mm. the angel said to her. You know, it's interesting too that the scriptures foretold not only that Jesus would come as a human being, but that he would come as a male child. Mm. I don't know if you saw the news uh, lately, but now that babies can be born and parents are not saying it's a boy, it's a girl. They're saying, oh, we're going to let them decide their own gender. How is that possible? I don't know. When they, how does, how when does, they grow older, they'll decide what yeah, they are. It, it should be very obvious and clear. <laughs> well, I think as, it it, as it has been for 6,000 years, it's been obvious and clear. You know what I find fascinating? Now you got me going, Sharissa. So go you, ahead. Sharissa <laughs> puts these little ones in there. I dangle it out she there She dangles him. it, and I just, like, take the bait every single time. Yep. I take the bait every single time, and this is no different. I find it fascinating, Sharissa, yep. Magentha, 
all our dear listeners. I find it fascinating that we are supposedly <laughs> living living in the information age. We're living at a time when we have more intelligence at our disposal than at any other time in human history. We are told over and over again that information <laughs> don't encourage me that information is increasing exponentially and we've got so much at our fingertips and yet we are more stupid than ever before Amen. that we can't tell if they're a boy or a girl when they're born have mercy yeah enough Oh, we have, have more degrees and less sense. Oh, have mercy, have mercy. Paradox to paradox of our time. Right, see, that's what Sharissa does. So, folk, you can bring, you can send it to... Call or text us on. Call Now, you can email us on complaints at lookingup.com. We don't have one. We don't. <laughs> but you're welcome to join the discussion. Oh, no, really, you know what? You know what? This reminds me of, of what Scripture says, you know. Um, I think it's the Apostle Paul. He says, you know... The foolish things mm-hmm. of man have been seen as wisdom and the wise things of God are now considered foolishness. We've just completely lost the plot, mm. you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, back to the Bible study, but it just goes to show, it just goes <laughs> to show, you know, we desperately need the Bible. We the ne- Bible's we need the, the only, Bible. th- this is our only anchor. You know why anchor. we lo- why we love the Bible because you know everything's around us is changing and we start thinking up is down and down is up and right is wrong and wrong is right and all of this but the Bible doesn't change it doesn't it's just the steady standard that the just sure stays. word of yeah. prophecy amen I love it well back to the study <sighs> you got me my heart's just <laughs> till we get to the next <laughs> rabbit hole <laughs> but uh, yeah that wasn't exactly a red herring the Bible does say that the Messiah would be born. Absolutely. A male child. A male I'm thinking child. Isaiah nine verse six. Yeah, Isaiah nine verse six. This is one of my favorite passages because um, Jesus used this this language um, mm. over and over again. So Isaiah chapter nine verse yes. six. Yes. It says this. Isaiah nine verse six. We read: For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is uh-huh. given. And the government, <clears throat> excuse me, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Yes, Prince of Peace. And you go then to the New Testament, and I'm looking here in Matthew chapter one, verse twenty-one, and yeah. the Bible clearly says, "And she shall bring forth a son." And thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. So there was prophecy in the Old Testament, fulfilled prophecy in the New Testament. Jesus was born a male child. Prince of peace. And that's why Jesus over and over again said, you know, peace I give to you. My peace I leave with you, not as the world gives it, do I give unto you. You know, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And so yeah, Jesus is the Prince of peace. And that word peace means shalom. Mm-hmm. Shalom, and often Jews would, um, especially on the Sabbath, they yes. would they would greet with one, one another with Shabbat Shalom, That's you know, right. Sabbath peace. Yeah, I had a at my former church that I had uh, was attending growing up. There was a lovely lady there who'd uh, get up on a Sabbath morning and she'd say to everybody, Shabbat Shalot, everyone. <laughs> Shabbat Shalot. I love it. But I think uh, Shalom's a lot better. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Shalom. And guess what? what? Jerusalem. You know, Yerushalem. Yerushalem. City of peace. Beautiful. And so the new Jerusalem mm. that the redeemed will inhabit. 
that will have the Prince of Peace there in their midst is a city of peace. Mm, and guess what we need? We need peace. We talked about that in our news, don't we? You know, the, the United Nations, it's been established for the sake of peace and safety. And when they cry peace and safety, then sudden, sudden destruction, destruction comes, comes upon, upon them. them. And so we desperately need that Prince of Peace in our lives. Amen. Powerful. Well, so we've seen now a couple of things. We saw that the Messiah would come as a human being. He would be born as a male child. And the Bible tells us he would be born a Jew. Mm. Like that's important. Like, yeah. Because it kind of, it's basically all of these things are narrowing down, you know, helping us to zone in, on, zoom in and, and, and find, you know, the Messiah Absolutely. of the Bible. Um, we get this from Genesis chapter 22. And I'll read this one, and if you want to go to Matthew one one, yep. God told Abraham that the progenitor of the Jewish nation, the progenitor of the Jewish nation, that's who Abraham was. But in Genesis twenty two eighteen, God said, "In your seed, Abraham, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice." And then, so the Messiah was going to be born a Jew. He was not going to be an Aussie <laughs> or an Egyptian. With all due respect to the Aussies. Oh, yeah, and all due respect and to Egyptians. Egyptians. But um, he was going to be born of the lineage, like through Abraham's yeah. seed, the world would be blessed. And what does your Bible say? Matthew 1.1, 1, 1, mm-hmm. it clearly says, The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Yeah, so he came through that lineage. Yeah. That prophecy said he would. And it's interesting, like, the name Jesus. I don't know if you have that in your, your notes there, but in, it tells us in verse 21, and she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, mm. for he will save his people from their sins. So mm-hmm. Jesus, Yeshua, means Savior. Mm-hmm. And you've got, you know, Joshua, which is uh, sort of a... a a similar formation of that word, you know, Yeshua. Um, and so yeah, it's interesting that Joshua was 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 like a type of Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, God used him. And so we've got Jesus here in the New Testament. Amen. Yeah. Well, fascinating stuff. And there's a whole heap more to come, isn't there, Sharissa? There is indeed. A whole heap more. But in the meantime, um, we're going to go to another song. And this is from the Maranatha Maranatha Singers. And the word Maranatha means Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. So these are the Jesus is coming singers. And come, let us adore him, and thou art worthy. Uh, The two are these two beautiful songs that are coming. Yes, code word coming indeed. Enjoy.
Okay, we are we are powering through this final looking up of the year. Is this the final looking up of the year or is there one more? I know there's, there's one, more. one more. There's one more next week. So this is the second last one for the year and then we're going to go on a bit of a break. And um, it's time for it's time for the code word. It is, and I it's, think the code word today will be Messiah. Messiah. Okay, so that's the code word. So don't get too hung up over the spelling of it. It is M E S I A H. M E S I A H. So the first and the third person to call or text right now will receive this book, The Wise Men. That first Christmas, beautiful book that will just, yeah, warm your heart during this Christmas season. Especially if we go into lockdown again, you'll have something really nice to read. Amen. 0491 is the number. 0491-064-669. That's 0491-064-669. Call us or text us right now with that code word. Messiah. Messiah is the code word first. And the third caller in or texter inera, as Sharissa would say. I didn't say that quite right. You did. You nailed oh, it. Texter inera. And um, will it will be yours. It will be yours. So, um Megantha is waiting by. She is like waiting by. She's got her phone. She's watching the phone. She's watching the phone. She's um, <laughs> left her Facebook and Twitter and um, <laughs> she's no longer on TikTok and she's waiting for your call or your text right now. So do text in and um, and you'll enjoy that book. All right, Sharissa. All right. So just Over to, to you, my friend. remind everybody we're looking at Bible prophecy. We're looking at how do we know Jesus was the Messiah of Bible prophecy and the Wonderful, wonderful thing about the Bible is there are hundreds of details given about the life of the Messiah, uh, so that we can pinpoint exactly who he is. Was, did Jesus fulfill these, uh, is the question. Um, we've talked about the historicity of the Bible with all the manuscripts that, that prove to us that, you know, Bible writers didn't just make it up here and there. It's all historically attested to. And we've seen in Bible prophecy that the Bible foretold he would come as a human, mm-hmm. be born as a male child, that he would be born as a Jew, he'd be born a Jew, but not only that, in addition to being Jewish, he would specifically be from the lineage of King David. Mm. That's what the Bible says. So um, Jeremiah chapter 23, verses 5 and 6, so I can read this one. And if you want to read uh, Matthew 20, verse 30, but in Jeremiah 23, 5 and 6, the Bible says, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that I will raise to David a branch of righteousness. A king shall reign and prosper and execute judgment and righteousness in the earth. Verse 6, And Israel will dwell safely. Now this is his name by which he will be called the Lord our righteousness. Mm. Isn't that beautiful? Powerful. And then centuries later, in uh, Matthew chapter 20, verse 30, we find the fulfillment. And okay. it's interesting who gives us the fulfillment here. Okay, Matthew 20 and verse 30. Yes. And behold, two blind men wow. sitting by the road, when they heard that Jesus was passing by, cried out, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, Son of David. They knew. They knew. They knew he's from the lineage of David. They were physically blind, but they were spiritually alert and their eyes, their spiritual eyes were open. Mm, beautiful. Beautiful, yeah, indeed. And uh, the Bible not only tells us that he would be of the lineage of David, it also tells us that he would be born in a specific place. Yes. Um, do you want to tell us uh, Matthew, uh, sorry, Micah 5 verse 2? 
Micah 5 and verse 2. Yes, and this is an amazing prophecy, this one. I'm looking at my notes here and it's saying, it's telling me that this prophecy, written by the prophet Micah, pinpointing the Messiah's birthplace, um, was written almost 800 years before Christ wow. was born. Wow. So that predates Isaiah because Isaiah is 700 years before Christ. Wow. Micah 5 verse 2, But you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, Though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth are from old, from everlasting. Mm -hmm. Well, it's interesting. We read about the everlasting earlier, Prince of Peace, everlasting father. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, so Bethlehem of Ephrathah. Yeah, Ephrathah. 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 Because there were two Bethlehems, weren't there? That's right. One in the north, one in the south. That's right. And so specifically points out the Bethlehem in the south that was just near Jerusalem. Yeah. It's amazing, actually, how how the Bible is that specific. Because mm. we could just say, oh, Bethlehem. Well, yeah. there's two, and you pick which one. But no, it was a specific one. And um, how did God accomplish, how did this all happen, if we remember, recall the, yeah. the story? Um, the census. There was a census. God or used King the Herod. Yeah, King Herod to, you know, con, con, conduct a census. Sorry, everyone. no, it was Caesar Augustus. Sorry, I got it wrong. Yeah, um, to was, have to tax the, everybody. The Roman emperor at the time, yes. Yes, and that way, that's how Joseph took his heavily pregnant wife and her third trimester on the wow. long road trip by donkey. Can you imagine it? Yeah. Oh, I can't. And the one that I have here is it's it was kilometers. It was a about long about ninety kilometers. Very long. About journey. a ninety kilometer distance. Yeah. Wow. And um, yeah, it would have taken a number of days. Um, so it would have been a lot easier for them to go to the Bethlehem that was close to Nazareth up in the north. Yes. Yes. And you know what? This actually narrows down the pool of Messiah possible candidates. Like we've had, have to be human, has to be a male child born of Jew of the lineage of David, uh, born in Bethlehem of Ephrata. Like it's narrow. Why it Bethlehem? Down. Why Bethlehem? Bread, a house of bread. Is that what it means? Yeah, house of bread. Um, Jesus was the bread of life, but this is where David was from. Oh, That's the hometown. That. The hometown of David was Bethlehem. Jesse wow. from Bethlehem. Wow. Yeah. And you know what's amazing about this is like, it's not like narrowing it down to he's born in Sydney. Yeah. <laughs> There's, you know, millions of people yeah. living in Sydney. No, he's born in Bethlehem. That yeah. narrows the candidates down Absolutely. much, much more. So God is just, with the prophecies, what you're suggesting, which is true, God is just zeroing in like laser focus yes. so that it's impossible to find an alternative to Jesus Christ as the Messiah, the Savior of the world. It's impossible because no one else comes close to fitting this description and, and uh, fitting all the ID markers. That's right. And there's another one, mm -hmm. a very big one. The Bible says that he would also be born of a virgin. Yeah. And um, I've got here Isaiah 7.14. Isaiah chapter 7 and verse 14. Would you like me to read yeah, that? Yeah, please. Okay, I'll get there in a second. Isaiah chapter 7. And verse 14, this yep. is what it says. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Far out. That is just so specific. It is. Emmanuel. That means, well, we're maybe going to get to that, are we? I don't think so. In the Go New ahead. Testament. Go well, ahead. Emmanuel means God with us. Yes. That's what we have in the New Testament. Um, it picks up on that term, Emmanuel. And that is found in... Um, 
Matthew, Matthew 123, I think. 123. Matthew, well, Matthew 123. Let me just have a look here. Yeah. Behold, the virgin shall be with child mm-hmm. and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God, God with, with us. us. So this also helps us to know and understand that Jesus Christ is not a created being, as some believe and teach and some denominations believe and teach. Jesus Christ is God. Absolutely. God with us. And uh, God alone is, um, is, is worthy to be worshipped. And so Jesus Christ allowed people to worship him. And so that belongs to God and God alone. No created being is allowed to be worshipped. And yes. so that is another reason why, you know, God, um, Jesus Christ is God, just as the Father is God, just as the Holy Spirit is God. We worship one God in three persons, three co-eternal beings. Mm, I love I love that you brought that up. Jesus was not a lesser God. No. He is equal to the Father, different roles. That's right. But, yeah, God in three persons. That's right. Absolutely. Uh, and you know what's fascinating about the prophecy you just read there in Isaiah is that it was written, I think you said before, 700 years. 700 years before Jesus is born. That's prophecy for you. Yeah. Um, some people predict the weather next week. <laughs> some people predict the, the winner of the Melbourne Cup or, yeah. you know, but, but these prophecies, hundreds of years before, you know, it's just amazing to yeah. me. Well, all the way from, um, what, 4,000 years when the first prophecy was given that we read of in the garden, mm-hmm. you know, by yeah. God himself, yeah. you know, to Adam True. and Eve, um, all the way through to, yeah, Micah, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. which is, um, you know, a few hundred years before Christ. So all the way through that, we've got prophecy. Absolutely. Now, this was an interesting one. The Bible even foretold, the scriptures even foretold the royal gifts that the Messiah would be given. Are you serious? Yeah, so now our free offer today. This is I read this in a book by a man named Howard Peth. He, he found this one. But the free offer today, you know, on the wise men. The wise men, that first Christmas. Um, check this out. Isaiah chapter 60, verses 3 and 6. Oh, this is going to be news to me, I think. Isaiah chapter right. 60. And what was it? Uh, verse 3 and verse 6. Okay, let's have a look at this, folks. Here we go. We're going to fact check our, <laughs> our friend. Uh, who gave you that information? Uh, Howard Peth. Okay, let's have a look, see if Howard was right. Verse 3 and verse 6 of Isaiah 60, it says this, The Gentiles shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. Okay, yep, that's okay. So far, so good. Let's have a look at <laughs> verse 6. The multitude of camels shall cover your land. There are dromedaries of Midian and Ephah. Ephah. Mm-hmm. All those from Sheba shall come. They shall bring gold and incense, and they shall proclaim the praises of the Lord. Gold and incense. Wow, yeah. that's interesting, isn't it? Um, and there's only one that's missing there: gold, frankincense, and, and incense. And yeah, and, and well, was it myrrh? Yeah, myrrh. Yeah, but uh, which is an incense, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Well, frankincense is, so, uh, I guess is an, an incense. Is an incense. Well. Yes. Yeah, so this gold is just incense. pulling those two together. Yeah, gold and incense. Yeah. Fascinating. Well, 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 folk. That was news to me. And you know, like, I love this because wise men were the ones who were looking for Jesus back then. And guess what, everybody? Wise men still look for Jesus. Amen. And wise women look for him too. (laughs) Amen. And the the scripture that connects with um, Isaiah 60 verses 3 and 6 is... um, Matthew chapter 2 and verse 11. Oh, yes. Where it says, And uh, when they had opened their treasures, speaking of the wise men, 
they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And my understanding, Sharissa, is that these gifts were given to royalty. Yeah. These, These are gifts fit for a yeah, king. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's and, actually um, glad I'm glad you pointed that out because you know if we had um, and uh, and something more than that. But anyway, yeah, we have a mutual friend who's just had a baby, Leah. Yes, indeed. And she's having a baby shower, and probably no one's going to bring gold, frankincense, and myrrh. No, they probably won't. <laughs> if women have come she to would a love, baby she shower, she would love the gold. I'm sure. <laughs> when women come to a baby shower, we bring you know things like nappies and mm. you know little things for the baby to wear. But these men. <laughs> Brought gifts fit for a king. Yeah, and these gifts were to support them financially as they had to make their way in a haste to Egypt because because King Herod wanted to destroy baby Jesus after the wise men had shared their Mm. their they've they've come to worship the king, Mm -hmm. the king of the Jews. Well, actually, I mean, you could even unpack the gifts even more, and we could maybe talk about this too. Actually, but like, there's the we might even talk about this more next week, but gold, a royal uh, gift. Yeah. Um, frankincense is like a, a used in the sanctuary service too. That's right. That's so right. like a highlighting his that, high priest. That's exactly right. His priestly ministry. And myrrh used for embalming. That's right. So highlighting his death. Exactly. So, yeah, so this is, this is really fascinating. Isn't you know, it? gold that is fit for a king. Um, and, uh, yeah, Jesus Christ being embalmed, his death. Mm-hmm. And and his ministry all wow. was foreshadowed right there. So you have so you have there because you've got Jesus Christ who is a king, he's a priest, and he's a prophet. Mm. And so it's interesting; it comes in threes as well here, isn't it? Beautiful. And you know what? You know, people might be thinking, "Ah, oh, this is just coincidence. Things like this are just coincidence." But to that, I just need to share something. This all is right. amazing. Go for it. A mathematician, a man named Dr. Peter Stoner, calculated that if just eight of the prophecies that we've talked about could be fulfilled in one person, just eight. There are three hundred and thirty, but just eight. The statistical probability of just eight of the sorry, sixty-one major prophecies being fulfilled is ten to the power of seventeen. Wow. Which might not mean much to people like me who have no idea what numbers look like like that. But to illustrate what those odds look like, it's the equivalent of covering imagine the state of New South Wales with silver coins and sixty centimeters deep blindfolding someone and telling them to wait out and find the one marked with the red dot on it. And they wow. pick up that one. Like that's the odds of just eight. Impossible odds. Yeah, it's impossible odds. So impossible you have odds. to say that this is. So that's basically 10 to the power of 17 in case people are wondering what on earth is that. That's basically 10 um, with 17 zeros mm-hmm. behind it. Mm-hmm. You know, so another 17 zeros. So one and 17 zeros. Absolutely. Jesus wasn't accidentally the Messiah. No, he wasn't accidentally the Messiah indeed. So, yeah, so there's there's more to come, isn't there, Sharissa? There is. We've got some more prophecies to share with you after after this music. Then we're going to have the news and then we're going to be back. So sit back and listen to Lady Antebulum. Silent Night, Lord of my life. I'm sure I butchered the poor lady's name. I hope she's not listening. But Lady, Lady is her name. <laughs>
You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. I'm Robbie Bergen, and I'm inviting you to tune into my brand new show right here on Faith FM, The Faith Experiment. Join me as I share with you my personal experiment with faith and how September 11, 2001, helped shape my worldview. I've got great giveaways, so join me on Mondays right after the breakfast show right here on Faith FM. You're listening to a repeat of our live show, Looking Up. That's right. And if you think this is good, you'll definitely want to tune in on Wednesdays at 3.30 to join us for the live event because you can actually participate. There's a free giveaway that you can claim. You can text in your questions and prayer requests. Live is so much more fun. So catch you then. Looking up to you. We're in our final leg, folk, of the Looking Up show. 
in this second last episode of 2021. Can you believe it? We're almost there. We, yeah, in many ways. <laughs> 2021, we're almost there. We've survived almost to the end of the year and next year is going to be another huge year, one big year closer to the coming of Jesus. So, Amen. Um, oh Amen. boy, oh boy, we are preparing for vertical liftoff. <laughs> I certainly am. Seatbelts on. Seatbelts on, <laughs> yep. It's going to be vertical all the way to the New Jerusalem. So hope and pray that looking up has encouraged you to look up to Jesus because indeed our redemption is drawing near. That's why we call it the looking up show in case you're wondering. It's because Jesus said, when you see all these things come to pass, look up because your redemption is drawing near. And so all these things are telling us that Jesus is coming soon. And that's been our focus today. It's been front and center. And so we have one more book to give away before we wrap up this Bible study. Right, we have a winner already, Patricia from South Australia. Yes, we do. Patricia from South Australia. Congratulations. Congratulations. And um, hope and pray things are going well down there in South Australia for you. So we've got one more book left Mm -hmm. to the third caller. So get on the phone. Call twice if you have to. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Call as many times as you need to. The book, The Wise Men, That First Christmas, and we will send it out to you free of charge. So it's a wonderful book that's going to give you, um, yeah, information that will be uh, a wonderful blessing. And I just want a big shout-out to my mate Eddie um, down in Melbourne. Um, Yeah, he's one of my best mates, probably my best mate down there. And so if you're listening, Eddie, um, hope and pray you're having a blessed time and uh, that you'll have a great Great time, end of the year. Yeah, I've got to do a shout out too. All right, yep. I don't know if they're listening right now, but I know that my friend Catherine's been listening. Uh-huh. So I hope if she's listening to this show, big shout out to you. And also Cameron, um, who's uh, come and joined us at our Hamilton Food Pantry sometimes. Oh, he, fantastic. He says he's enjoying it too. So oh, that's great. great. Well, big shout out to you guys. Now, the number to call 0491 064 669 to get that book 0491 064 669 or or the or the texter in um, <laughs> So whoever call or text, and um, that book is yours. So, Charissa, right. over to you as well, we head we, round uh, the band into the final we're straight. In the final stretch now. So, look, we've been talking about how Jesus fulfills prophecy. He fulfills all the prophecies mm-hmm. that concern uh, who the Messiah would be. The Messiah, the Anointed One from God. He would be born a human. Uh, the Messiah, that is, and Jesus was born a human. He would be born a male child, a Jew of the lineage of David. He'd be born in Bethlehem, Ephratah. Uh, not only that, but he would be born of a virgin. We even saw that prophecy foretold the royal gifts that he would receive and would be given. And now we're just about to just shift gears a little bit and say it even gets more amazing than that. Um, Hosea chapter 11, verse 1. Mm-hmm. The Bible says here, and um, if you actually want to read Jeremiah thirty-one fifteen, okay. but Hosea 11, verse 1, the Bible says, When Israel was a child, I loved him, and out of Egypt I called my son. Mm. So the scriptures even foretold wow. the escape of Jesus Christ into Egypt as a baby following Herod's command to slaughter all the boys under the age of two in Bethlehem. Wow. So you can see that like not only was God giving all of these prophecies here and people were able to identify who the Messiah was. Remember, Bethlehem mm. Ephratah was a small place. It really narrows down your options. But Satan is a student of prophecy too. 
and he knew that Jesus was the one. And so he, he's, he's coming here and he's trying to wipe him out. And this is why he inspires Herod, that deranged king, to send soldiers into Bethlehem to massacre all the babies under, baby boys under the age of two because he thought his throne was threatened. So Satan wanted to destroy Christ. What does Jeremiah 31.15 say? This is what it says. Thus says the Lord, a voice was heard in Ramah, lamentation and bitter weeping. Rachel weeping for her children, refusing to be comforted for her children because they are no more. Mm. So this is um, speaking of that time when that would happen, this decree would happen. Mm. Now, it's also interesting that not only were there all of these prophecies con- you know, of, in the Old Testament about the birth of the Messiah, but there are details that um, the Messiah, that are given about the Messiah that would be fulfilled in his life and even his death. Um, I'm going to, uh, would you look at Isaiah 42, verses 6 and 7? Isaiah 42, verses 6 and 7, sure. This this is going to tell us one thing that the Messiah would be doing um, in his life. This is what it says, Isaiah 42, verse 6 and 7. I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness and will hold your hand. I will keep you and give you as a covenant to the people, as a light to the Gentiles, to open blind eyes, to bring out prisoners from the prison, those who sit in darkness from the prison house. To open Mm. blind eyes. We go to the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, four eyewitness accounts on the life of Christ. I was listening to a testimony last week, and um, the person said as they read the Bible for the first time, they thought Jesus loved them that so much he died four times because <laughs> they read the Gospels. But yeah. they're all the same, well, different writers writing of the same life, the life of Jesus. But um, you read the Gospels, and Jesus opened the eyes of the blind. Mm. In fact, one of my favorite songs, um, the words of it, we sometimes play it here in Faith FM, talks about a bystander who asks a man who's running by, and he says, what's going on? And the the man says, I was trying to catch the crippled man. Did he run past this way? (sighs) He was rushing home to tell everyone what Jesus did today, and the mute man was telling myself and the deaf girl he's leaving to answer God's call. It's hard to believe, but if you don't trust me, ask the blind man. He saw it all. (laughs) Wow. I love that. That's just so cool. Yeah, and um, just to... To show our New Testament fulfillment here, John chapter 9, verse 32. Yeah, John chapter 9 and verse 32. And this is what it says there, John 9, verse 32. We read, Since the world began, it has been unheard of that anyone opened the eyes of one who was born blind. And yet Jesus did. Yeah, Jesus did. Yeah, there is no record. There is no record of anyone opening the eyes of the blind. It's wonderful. You know, there were resurrections in the Old Testament. That's right. But this miracle, God reserved it for Jesus mm. as like one that we could say, this is the Messiah. Yeah. We could know. Okay, Open this is this is something blind. only the Messiah could do and only the Messiah had done. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, fascinating. Well, there's a little bit more. Um, If you could read Isaiah 53, verse 3, the Bible also foretold that the Messiah would not be loved by everybody, but he would also be rejected. Indeed. It says, He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. Mm, 
Amen. And you go to, if I go to the book of John, and we won't read it for time's sake, but John 7, verse 5 and 48, there we find that even the brothers of Jesus, mm. um, you know, I guess these would have been his stepbrothers, <laughs> but they refused to believe in him as a Messiah until after his resurrection. So he was rejected by men. Uh, not only that, but as we continue looking at the Bible, we see that there is a lot more detail concerning the closing scenes of the life of Jesus. Yes, there is indeed, yes. And it's kind of like, you know, the closer you, it's like a train as you come closer and closer to it. Like, it's like it gets louder and louder and louder. And because the cross of Calvary is really that axis of the plan of salvation, like it all kind of centers right mm. here. There's so much detail about what happens here, so there that is, we because cannot miss it. It's true because Jesus had a three and a half year ministry, but if you take a look at the the space that's allocated to those final scenes, that final week in mm-hmm. particular, and especially those last twenty four hours from Gethsemane to Golgotha, you'll discover, you know, a huge disproportionate um, you know, part of the Gospels is dedicated to those final moments in Jesus Christ's ministry because that's where the climax is, as you rightly point out. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely. And like just to give some, uh, we'll just shoot through these pretty quick if you have any other thoughts that strike you as you go because time is marching. But in Psalm 41 verse 9, the Bible foretold, foretold that Jesus the Messiah would be betrayed by a friend. Mm. This is written a thousand years before Jesus a thousand years, lived. Indeed. And who was it that betrayed him? It was Judas, who was part of his inner. Who was one of his twelve disciples? He was right there, um, leaning on his breast at mm-hmm. the at the at the Passover. And he betrayed Thursday him night. with a kiss. Yeah, like. And Jesus said, my own familiar friend in whom I trusted. Um, in, oh, this is interesting. Can you read Zechariah 11 verse 12? Zechariah 11 verse 12. This so is amazing. That's towards the back of the Old Testament, if mm-hmm. some of you are trying to trying to keep up with Sharissa. Zechariah, what was that, 11? 11 verse 12. 11 verse 12. This is what it says. Then I said to them, if it is agreeable to you, give me my wages, and if not, refrain. So they weighed out for my wages 30 pieces of silver. Yeah. So the Bible foretold that Jesus would be betrayed for 30 pieces of silver. That's incredible. Not 29, not 31, 30. Like it's, you could easily discount this scripture if he was betrayed for 31 or 35 or. This is written hundreds of years in advance. I mean, who was to know what the price um, of a slave would be in the days of Jesus? Mm -hmm. Who was to know? Mm -hmm. 30 pieces. But he was betrayed for that, wasn't he? If we we look at the, um, you know, and he was betrayed for 30 pieces of silver, not copper or gold, but silver. It even tells us, um, did it tell us in that passage that it would be thrown down? I think it says it in the next verse. And the Lord said unto me, cast it unto the potter, a goodly price that I was prized of them, took 30 pieces of silver, cast them to the potter. Yeah. In the house of the Lord, which is interesting too, because yeah. the silver which was thrown down, the priests, what did they say? And they like, they said, "We'll we'll take it. We'll buy the potter's field." That's right to bury to bury people. Yeah, the Bible even foretold <laughs> that the use of that money would be used to buy the potter's field. It's just incredible, incredible. Yeah, it is, and so you know, <laughs> there's no way this could be fabricated, right? No, impossible, impossible. And we have the evidence because of the Dead Sea Scrolls, which we've mentioned in the past. 
you know, the Dead Sea Scrolls have been found, 1947, and they predate um, the New Testament by one to 200 years. And mm-hmm. so we've got every portion of those first uh, 39 books of the Old Testament, all those Old Testament, except for the book of Esther. So we've got parchments or entire scrolls, such as Isaiah, um, that were found in the Dead Sea Scrolls. So now we've got the evidence, the very clear evidence that, well, even like 200 years before Christ, um, the scriptures foretold his birth. But, I mean, they're, they're, they're predated because they're obviously copied, but, yeah, they're like from 100 to 200 years before Christ. Wow. That's the Dead Sea Scrolls. You know what, Pastor Danny, like for me, mm. just just putting all these facts on the table. Yeah. There's only one conclusion you can come to. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. these things pinpoint beyond a shadow of a doubt that Jesus is the Messiah Amen. of prophecy. Amen. He's Indeed. the one that the prophets wrote of. He's the one that they were all pointing to. There's no one else that has fulfilled this in their life. No one. And so what I guess I would like to ask you as we close, um, what does this mean for our listener? Well, this means that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. And those who come to Christ will have eternal life because Jesus alone is able to provide eternal life. And that's why the disciples, after the day of Pentecost, Jesus had ascended to heaven. You know, I was reading it this morning in my devotions um, where Peter and the other apostles, they cry out, you know, there is no other name under heaven which men may be saved other than through Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. So he alone can provide salvation. And it's fantastic, Sharissa, because we don't need to go searching and looking elsewhere. It's a one-stop shop, Jesus Christ. And when we come to him, we find everything our heart longs. And the more we spend time with him, the more we discover you know, his love for us, uh, the good news of salvation, and the more hope and peace that gives us and the more we want to share that with those around us. Amen. Amen. It's a great way for us to finish. Indeed, indeed. Well, folk, we have um, we have another song from Sarah Hart, What Love Has Done, and then we'll be back um, to share some closing thoughts with you before we sign out for another Looking Up program. So God bless and enjoy this beautiful song.
Hope you enjoyed that beautiful song from Sarah Hart. The music has been exceptional once again this afternoon. Thanks, Thanks to... Thanks to Megantha. Thanks to Megantha. <laughs> Our amazing basketball extraordinaire superstar. <laughs> the one that can just slam dunk with her eyes closed. No, not quite. No, I'm kind of, I'm kind of making things up as we go. Um, but folk, I hope and pray you've, you've been blessed by this Bible study as we've been taking a look at the, the prophecies that relate to Jesus Christ given hundreds of years, in fact, thousands of years, mm-hmm. uh, before, you know, be, before Jesus was born, mm-hmm. um, that clearly that clearly outlined for us beyond a shadow of a doubt that Jesus Christ, He is the Savior of the world. Amen. And um, He is the one that we can put our faith and trust in. Yes. And that is something that is there is nothing more certain than Jesus Christ. Totally. The reality of of His life, His death, mm-hmm. His resurrection, and by faith. His soon return. There's Absolutely. nothing more certain. And you know what? Like just on that note, everything that we looked at, you could say maybe find people who fulfill one or two of these things in their lives, you know, these two, maybe two details concerning the Messiah and mm. prophecy. But to get one person yeah. who fulfills all of them perfectly, yeah. that's amazing. 60 major prophecies. 61. With, with 61 with about 330 specific details uh, encaptured in those 61 major prophecies. That's a miracle. Like, that, And that, Jesus fulfills every single one yeah. of the prophetic blueprint. And people may be wondering, how on earth does God know? The Bible says God knows the end from the beginning. That's right. Um, there are no secrets with mm. God. He knows the end from the beginning. So God was able to prophesy these things thousands of years in advance from the Garden of Eden, 4,000 years before Christ was born, all the way through to you know, three, four hundred years before his birth, because God knows the end from the beginning. Absolutely. And when this God, you know, when Jesus fulfills all of these prophetic markers concerning his first coming, he gives us absolute confidence in the prophetic markers he has given us concerning his second coming. We can have absolute assurance that he will come. And we are As seeing, and we are seeing them, Sharissa, being played out before our very eyes. So all That's the right. prophetic markers in connection with Jesus' second coming, they are they are with us, and and the, you know they are rolling off the prophetic pages of Scripture and our news headlines thick and fast. Absolutely, and we would just say to every one of our listeners, if you haven't yet had an opportunity mm. to meet Jesus for yourself through the Word, we'd encourage you to study. Get your Bible out. Get a Bible. Study it. Contact us here at the studio. Yeah. We'd love to connect you with someone who can help you Absolutely. find these prophecies. Absolutely. Read them because it will change your life. Absolutely. We've Jesus got, will change your indeed, life. Indeed, indeed. We've got we've got individuals who are called Bible workers who specialize and they love to study the Bible with people. Right. So we'll Answer connect questions. you. Yeah, we'll connect you with them to help you on your journey. Well, Sharissa, we're almost we're almost done for this afternoon. Would you like to have a prayer for our sure. listeners? Our loving Father in heaven, we just thank you for the Bible and we thank you for Jesus, mm, because amen. as we read prophecy, we see he is the Messiah of prophecy. We love you, Lord. Help us to trust you more. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen and amen. My dear friends, we are almost out, and um, I just want to once again encourage you to keep looking up, because Jesus is indeed coming soon. Mm. Jesus came 2,000 years ago as a little baby in a manger, but one of these days, Jesus is coming as King of kings and Lord of lords. So God bless you, my friends. Keep looking up. Until we meet again next week when Justin and Sharissa will take on board the show. God bless and bye for now. Keep looking up, don't give up, don't give up when there's pain. 
deep in your heart Keep looking up, don't give up, don't give up Should the tears begin to start With a prayer all your cares he will cast Into the depths of the sea His love is all 